1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Hi, everyone, welcome to episode 25 of Concussion Chats. My name is Taylor Quirk. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill Students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We are dedicated to providing strength and hope to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today, I have a recording of our speaker, Jacqueline. Jacqueline is a 23-year-old who, in 2019, received multiple concussions in a five-month span, ending her college soccer career and leading her to PCS. She will be sharing her experience of finishing college despite these circumstances, dealing with loss of identity and the importance of finding the right healthcare professionals, as well as the variety of treatments she underwent to get her life back. It was this experience that ultimately solidified her drive to start physical therapy school this coming August to help others struggling with brain injuries.
0: Okay, Hello, my name is Jacqueline. Um, I'm from Texas in the US. Um, So I just want to kind of like say what my life a little bit was like before my injury. Um, I was a college soccer player um, at Texas Lutheran University. Um, I graduated from there last year. Um, And I lived a very active lifestyle. I was very outgoing. Um, I wanted to hang out with my friends all the time. I would like to do like rock climbing, biking, like all kinds of active stuff. Um, soccer was also what my life was revolved around. Anything I did, I did for soccer, um, on top of athletics, I had a full class load and I was also working three jobs. I was a waitress and I had two jobs on campus and I was doing observation hours at a hospital for PT school. So my life was very crazy and I I liked it that way. I liked keeping busy um but that all changed um March 2019 um I was in a soccer game we had our spring season so it wasn't like our regular season um but it was going to be my last spring season of college and so during the tournament um I got hit in the head with the ball and I had had a concussion before so I kind of knew that I had had one but um before I recovered fine and I was just kind of like oh this is not a big deal Um, so my coach took me out because I was like standing on the other side of the field with the other team. And so he was kind of like, this isn't right. (laughs) So he took me off. Um, and then we had a weekend that weekend. So I just kind of relaxed. And then we started practice again that Monday. Um, I was feeling very foggy. I just had some symptoms. Um, I remember joking with my teammates that I was, I had a concussion, Um, which wasn't funny now that I look back. Um, but yeah, so two weeks had gone by and I was, I was fine after two weeks, um, or I thought, um, and so we were going to have our final spring game. So during that spring game, um, I was running and I collided with a player and then I rolled back and hit my head on the floor and, um, I got up and I, I didn't feel right, but then it kind of subsided as the game went on. So I ended up playing that entire rest of the game. And then two hours later, we had a whole nother game. So I played that whole game. And then that evening, I realized that I was not okay. Um, So yeah, the following weeks were just me realizing that my symptoms were so much worse um, than the first time. And I ended up reporting it to the athletic trainers. They told me to basically just walk to class. um, And that's it other than that, I needed to sit and do nothing. So um, finals were coming up. So that was really scary because I was literally having to study for five minutes, close my eyes, study for five minutes, close my eyes, um, which was not ideal. Um, Also at this point, a lot of anxiety started to creep in because it had been more than two weeks and I, my symptoms were so much worse. Um, And so I got through finals, I packed up my apartment, drove home, and then it was just like everything exploded. I couldn't leave the couch. I had the worst headache for two days. I just laid there. I really couldn't do anything. And even if someone came in the room, it was like, I could sense them. And, um, so yeah, my, for a bunch of, um, doctors to try to help. We found a sports medicine doctor who said that he deals with concussions. So I ended up going there and, um, He had told me that nothing was handled correctly and that I was going to have to just restart from ground zero. So he told me that I needed to rest and do nothing until my symptoms went away. And he actually gave me a timeline. He was like, this will probably take about four weeks. Um, So I went home. Um, I started getting extremely depressed because it was like, you wake up in the morning and then it's kind of like, well, what does the day have to offer? You can't do anything. So, um, I was calling a lot of people on the phone. Um, but then it started getting to the point where like my friends would come over and they would just sit and look at me because I would just lay on the couch with my eyes closed. Um, I ended up starting to not be able to walk to the bathroom by myself. Um, I couldn't ride in a car anymore. I couldn't do anything. Um, I ended up getting, um, an MRI done. Um, everything came back fine. Um, so when I went back to the doctor, he said, you know, I was dealing with PCS, um, and it was just going to take time. Well, weeks went by, I ended up finding a podcast that said that I needed to be exercising, not sitting around. So, um, I was really mad. I went to my doctor and I, yelled at him and was kind of like, dude, what is, what is up with this? Um, he ended up referring me to a neuropsychologist and she, she was at the med center in Houston. Um, and so you would think that, you know, she would know her things. Um, and so she, she did tell me that I did need to start vestibular rehab and PT. So I got referred to a PT at the med center and, Everything seemed to be going really well with that experience. He had sat me down, told me what a concussion was. Um, He did an assessment on me, said I needed vestibular therapy, getting started with exercise, and some stuff with my neck. So everything started to look up. I started becoming hopeful that I could be, um, like, that I could play my senior year of soccer. Um, So things were turning around really quickly once I started pt Um, but then I was getting into my car on my way to physical therapy school or physical therapy school, physical therapy, and I hit my head getting into my car. I don't think this was necessarily a concussion, but it definitely blew everything back up. So at this point I was back to splitting headaches at night, um, and throughout the day, but at night it was to the point where I couldn't, you know, move, um, then the weird stuff with my muscles started happening. So I was obviously still in PT. I remember going there and we were doing some exercise, but my symptoms were like bad at this point. So we kind of, you know, set back and I realized the next day my quad felt like it had pulled, but I was like, there was nothing that we did that would necessarily cause that to happen he was confused. I then started walking really weird. And I was just noticing this like weakness and just burning sensations in my legs. And he would tell me, he was like, contract your quad, contract it. And I was like, I can't, even though I had walked in. So obviously you're still using muscles, but for some reason it was like, my brain was like not allowing me to do this. So he was very confused. He wanted me to go get blood work done, see if there was something, you know related to another disease. I don't know, but, um, everything was coming back normal. Um, I ended up getting referred to a new chiropractor. I don't know if any of y'all know what that is. Um, but basically he told me that my brainstem was compressing my spinal cord, which is not true. <laughs> so as you can imagine, <laughs> this was like super anxiety provoking. Um, he did start working on my neck and knowing that my neck was a problem. It did help with things. So I was seeing some relief and in turn, I feel like my body overall just started feeling better. Um, so I felt really hopeful. I went to my doctor and he actually released me to return to play despite all of this, all these weird symptoms I was having. Um, but they kept telling me, your brain is fine. Um, you're just still, you know, dealing with some things. You'll be fine. So I went back to school. Um, we went back earlier than everyone else because, um, of athletics and my teammate jumped on me and I still don't know what hit me, but I got hit in the head and that was it. I, um, once again, (laughs) the whole situation, Um, I ended up going home. I didn't know if I was going to go back to school. That was the worst thing because all I wanted to do all summer was go back to school and be with my friends and be playing soccer. And that, that didn't look like it was going to happen. I did end up going back to school. And I remember my neuropsychologist telling me like, that's the best thing for you. You need to return to a sense of normalcy, which looking back, it honestly was the best thing because I feel like there's a certain type of exposure your brain needs to go through. And if I were to have just removed myself from my life, I think it would have taken that much longer to get back to that. Um, So I went to school. I always told myself that if I needed to drop out, I can drop out. I wasn't putting pressure on myself. It was mostly just for my mental state, just to be surrounded by everyone. But that came with the, with its challenges because my apartment was directly across from the soccer field So I would hear the whistles blowing. I would hear my coach yelling, all my teammates, you know, it was very upsetting to see that. Um, And also everyone, you know, it's our senior year and everyone's trying to have fun. Everyone's doing things that they want to do. And I couldn't do any of that. Um, So I became very isolated. I had to retrain my schedule to where I would get up super early in the morning And then because by the time the afternoon came, I was done for the day, I couldn't study. Um, So that was rough. It was taking a toll on my friendships because I was super depressed and super anxious all the time. I ended up not caring what I looked like, walking around. People knew I wasn't okay. People were concerned, but they didn't understand why. Um, I ended up having a major problem with insomnia. Um, I was not sleeping. I started feeling like bugs were crawling all over me. The weakness was still in my legs. I was trying to work out on my own. I was trying to follow what I had done over the summer. And although I did progress and although I was seeing a decrease in my symptoms, there was still this weird weakness that I couldn't explain and no one could explain I ended up seeing a neurologist. He did an EMG, another CT of my head and neck or another MRI of my head and neck. Everything came back normal. He did a bunch of blood work for neurological diseases. Everything came back normal. I started developing tremors, especially in my hands. And I started realizing when I was exercising that I would feel there were things that I would do where I felt like I was going to fall asleep, like just blackout which had been different than the fatigue symptoms that come with concussion. So I thought that was weird. I ended up finishing my finals. Um, I actually ended up doing really well. I only got one B that semester. The rest were A's don't know how I took my tests with the trash can next to me. Um, and then I went home for Christmas break and I started seeing a vestibular therapist. But again, that was the only thing we were treating. She was literally just treating vestibular. And I know that there was so much more to the picture. She wasn't really addressing any exercise, anything with my neck, nothing. I went back to school and then I got sick. After I got sick, um, the fainting feeling with exercise was so much worse. And the sensations in my legs were so much worse. I felt like there was no muscle in there. I was tired all the time. I would stand up and my heart rate would be like going super fast. And throughout this whole time, I had also been listening to Dr. Cameron Marshall with CCMI. I don't know if y'all knew who that is. Okay. Um, So just listening to him throughout this whole year process, um, I was like, there, this is how I need treatment. Like there has to be a way to get out of this because this is what he's saying. And I was like, there's nobody that is just looking at me from like this whole holistic perspective. Like no one's treating everything at one time. And so in Texas, there's no one who does that. So I was prepared to hop on a plane and fly to wherever I needed to fly to once my senior year ended. Well, then COVID happened. Once COVID happened, I actually got a notification through Instagram that there had been a PT who got CCMI certified in San Antonio, which is not far from my school. Um, So, made an appointment, saw him. He did everything that I expected and found, you know, neck proprioceptive problems, exercise intolerance, vestibular issues, problems with my eyes, like all the above. So, we started just tackling this from a whole whole perspective. He also referred me to an endocrinologist, which this was just a big game changer for me. Um but this also caused a lot of problems because I saw um I put my trust in an endocrinologist and I ended up getting overdosed on thyroid medication, overdosed on vitamin D, which I've been told is extremely hard to do, but that happened. Um, and then I was put on birth control, which whacked me out so bad. So throughout the summer, I was still, I was seeing my PT. He's amazing. And he was kind of like, what is happening right now? Because my muscles were getting worse. Um, I was feeling sick and that was from the vitamin D. Um, at this point, I also started a full-time job at a physical therapy clinic. Um, because majority of my symptoms, as far as like tolerating crowds, screens, driving. I was able to do all that at this point after having worked on the vestibular and some neck treatment and eye stuff. Um, but it was mostly like my body. Like I was like, what is going on? And I was having problems with my neck. Um, I also was told that I needed contacts, didn't know that I needed contacts. So didn't know I was like blind. (laughs) Um, got that. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is what the world looks like. Um, so yeah, that was a game changer. Um, so yeah, I ended up, I kept getting blood work done with this endocrinologist and she was like, Oh yeah, like your overdose on thyroid. Like I'm telling y'all it was off the chart. I ended up in the ER like bad, bad. Um, (laughs) and for those of you like, you know, like in concussion, you feel like you're in a state of fight or flight already. And it was like being hyperthyroid was even more like, I felt like I had no chill but I had to keep my composure because I was working a full-time job in the clinic. So I was like, relax. <laughs> um, so one thing that my PT um, was really questioning was growth hormone. I don't know if y'all heard about that. Um, and we had thought that my endocrinologist had tested my growth hormone because a lot of symptoms of growth hormone are like fatigue, muscle weakness, exercise intolerance, which I had. Um, come to find out you have to do a provocative test to actually sufficiently test for that, which I had not had done. So I was on the computer on, you know, YouTube, Googling growth hormone information and a neuroendocrinologist did a talk on this and had said this information to me. And I about threw my laptop because I was so infuriated Um, I, she's from across the U S so I, and she's kind of like, she's like a big wig kind of. So I was like, there's no way she's going to respond to me, but she did. I ended up getting on a plane to fly to a state that she was licensed in. So she could talk to me over zoom and she referred me to a study in Galveston where they are testing the effects of growth hormone. Um, and it's just it's just part of a study. They're also examining the microbiome in your gut. Um, because one thing I was noticing was that my hydration and what I ate when I ate makes my muscles feel a certain way. So I was kind of like, there's something going on with the utilization of energy in my body. It seems like also at this time, I started, um, treatment with a neurooptometrist for my eyes, which was actually a big problem. We found out um, and as we were correcting all of this stuff at the same time, although there were like hormonal problems, I was noticing that as I was more aware of where I was in space because of vestibular neck and eyes, a lot of my other symptoms, as far as like the tremors and overall anxiety and some of the muscle weakness calmed down. Um, so yeah, started growth hormone treatment in February. Um, I'm still seeing my PT for exercise. I did find out I have dysautonomia. So that is why I was having that issue with feeling like I was going to faint during exercise. Um, But yeah, I'm waitressing now. Never thought I would be waitressing because there's so much going on when you're waitressing. Um, But throughout this whole experience, if I were to just have had somebody from the beginning to look at me from this holistic perspective, it would have alleviated so much anxiety. I know anxiety has so many can cause so many of the symptoms of PCS and just knowing that somebody was taking the reins like I shouldn't have had to be investigating all this stuff and you know just trying to advocate for myself as much as I was because you know that was exhausting. Um so yeah, I just I just want to like make it clear like I'm a functioning human now. I never thought I would be a functioning human. Like, yeah, I still have a lot of my problems. Like there's still some things that need some fine tuning, but overall, like I binge watch love Island. I can watch screens as long as I want. I read, I'm going to school um, in August. Um, But I'm really passionate about concussions because it really, you have to look at every single angle of somebody. And that's something that I was not fortunate to have until I met my recent PT so yeah
3: today I have Emily who's also part of McGill students for the concussion legacy foundation Nick from concussion talk podcast and his co-host Aaron um, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador brain injurious association joining me but before we get started um Emily
4: yeah hey guys um so starting On May 15th, we will be having a virtual book club. Um, We're planning on doing about three books this summer, although we're gonna be flexible with the pace, so if we get to two, that's cool, too. Um, The first one will start on May 15th, like I just said. We're gonna have a Zoom at 10 a.m. to kick it off, Um, and you can find more information about this on our Facebook group called Virtual Concussion Support Book Club. Virtual Concussion Support Book Club. Um, and then we can also share the Zoom link for that meeting on May 15th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time in the description of this meeting. We're going to be starting with The Ghost in My Brain by Clark Elliott. Um, and we hope to have you join. Thank
3: okay. I'm excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> Super excited, um, especially since it's a book that we've talked about in support group meetings for like the last two years, and podcasts.
0: Uh, and
3: the podcast. and the, yeah, we have talked about it a lot in the podcast too. So, it's and not great. exclusive
4: insider information. If you're hearing this podcast, Clark Elliott is probably going to come
3: talk to the group. <laughs> I thought it was confirmed. Like yes. Yeah, we just haven't set a date, but he is a sneak yeah. exclusive. So. Yeah. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you're listening to the podcast, you're the first to know. Um, I haven't told the group yet. yet. <laughs> um, awesome, super pumped about that. It's gonna be fun. Um, so about uh, Jacqueline's talk, um, I really, I really enjoyed her her talk. Um, and uh, resonated with a lot of it. Um, and the discussion afterward um, was also really great. Um, some of the things that like she'd gone through were also things that like I've experienced too, but never associated as being concussion related at all. (laughs) Um, so that starts kind of make me think, but, um, yeah, I think her talk was great. It was really relatable. Um, and, uh, a whole group seemed to really appreciate uh, her share.
1: Well, what were a couple of the things that surprised you, Taya?
3: Um, I think the, I mean, one thing, like, it's not, like, about her, it's more, like, the whole, like, endocrinologist, like, had her taking way too much thyroid medication and vitamin D that, like, she ended up in the ER. I was just, like, whole... <sighs> Like, that's insane. Like, I am then uh, yeah, like, that's insane. Um, And at the end of the meeting when we were talking and stuff, um, someone asked, they were, like, just out of curiosity, like, how much vitamin D did they have you on? Because, as we all know, like, vitamin D is pretty hard to have too much of. Um, And they had her on something like 50,000 units. Um, and for way longer than she was supposed to have it, um, it was supposed to only be like a couple weeks or something, but they kept her on it for much longer. Uh, and I just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, I, I remember when I started, uh, vitamin D, I was like extremely deficient and I was taking quite a bit. Um, but like nowhere near that. Like mine was like max, like 3000, like, and I thought that was a lot, you know, um, but yeah, that was just crazy. Um and I another thing that kind of surprised me was just about like the way she was talking about um things that like like bodily things that were happening like the like uh, tingling and like, the twitching of like the legs and stuff like that like a lot of that stuff that like I've experienced um and I mean I still have issues with. I've kind of just thought that it was a uh, like a like related to my knee injury from rugby. Um, so maybe I should uh, take a look into that stuff. But um, yeah, that stuff was it was really interesting. Emily?
4: Yeah, I just, it, it's really interesting. One, the vitamin D thing is crazy. I yeah. Guys, I have always, um, I hear the term exercise intolerance a lot, and I just never really take, I was just kind of Googling a little bit about it, but I just still really like never heard that in my recovery and I am always like super exhausted after like just a short amount of exercise um like did like it's it's weird like how exhausted um so that was really interesting to hear that term I have to look into it although I do wonder if like you know I don't know I don't know what I'm thinking what do you guys know about exercise and tolerance? Maybe you can also, because she used that word a few times, maybe you can fill me and some other listeners in.
3: Emma definitely seems uh-huh. with that. And I never really thought much about it. I was just kind of more confused about it, like what's wrong with me, especially going from like being an athlete where that wasn't something you experienced and then all of a sudden you like can't. You, you know
4: like 40 hours a week to being exhausted after like a five minute
3: run <laughs> what the hell like what's going on yeah no that's definitely something that like Aaron or Nick what you was guys the nice. word
1: exercise.
3: exercise intolerance
1: intolerance okay yeah, sorry it, I thought you were saying like tonic and I was like what does exercise tonic <laughs> do like uh, I the, like, uh, not a drink I, like, uh... while he was <laughs> Oh, Lauren
5: Zax was on talking about in fancy custom talking about uh and pots and how they can heal your heart rate. You I know, find heart rate troubles a lot of times and she has that and there's been trouble with disanomy and and pots or and or pots, getting your heart rate back to a normal a normal because your heart rate can just start to really race when you it take she she and she she meant she, 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 she sit up her heart would just race like one sixty. And she's just saying just by standing up. And, uh, and yeah, so I think that's that's perfect. But Aaron probably knows more about exercise and tolerance.
1: Mm. I, I mean, think. like, especially with a concussion, it makes sense in the sense of, like, your brain is coordinating all those movements, and if it's damaged and you have to, like, slow down and you're trying to go back to what you were, it's going to, like, be like, no, you need to rest 10 times more. Because if you think mm. about, like, Brain heavy exercise, so with a concussion, if you're trying to do like a Sudoku puzzle, your brain's gonna say, no, like we're not gonna do this. (laughs) So like if you're trying to exercise too, which is also as many like movements, not necessarily mental ones, but your brain still has to coordinate your body, coordinate those movements, push for endurance, like that is still all happening. We just don't think of exercise as a mental exercise necessarily.
4: Yeah. 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 Oops, sorry
3: I think that um, <laughs> When you make like, is your microphone really close to your speaker that might be what the feedback is. Uh, no. Emily tracked. All right here we go.
4: Um, yeah, what I was thinking Aaron when you were saying that's such a good point um, because that's something like me and my functional chiropractic is working on is I have to do like crossover exercises before I run. To remind my body that like both sides are gonna be happening and we need to communicate the both. So I have to like just take an exercise band and tie it around my foot and then raise that leg and the opposite arm up at the same time and do that like 10 times on each side and like just, yeah, remind the brain. But also, something else that I've heard a lot about in the group um, is like respiratory stuff and breathing. And we forget that our brain is also in charge of breathing and so that and for me i catch myself not breathing um and i imagine like that could be a potential factor for some people and exercise intolerance is what i was just thinking if you're not breathing um
1: yeah and if we think about it too in terms of like mental illness like if you think about like anxiety attacks tons of those symptoms are physical symptoms But, like, we like to convince ourselves that, no, it's just, like, many people will say, like, oh, anxiety, depression, like, it's your head. But it's, like, no, it is a physical reaction of my body based on what's happening. Like, they're so uniquely tied. And so it makes sense that exercise would be one of the most effective things when you're trying to recover. When you go through rehabilitation and everything, it's because your brain has to do those uh, coordination. And, like, that exercise that you're doing, obviously, like, is basically retraining and prepping your brain pretty much.
4: Yeah. Bye. Another one that I heard is like much more simple is just kind of marching in place. Like putting, you know, opposite, you know, one hand to the opposite knee, marching in place, just like trying to get your. Ah, it's so fascinating. Like such a simple thing, right? But maybe, like could be so vital. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to talk about, Taya, I'm sure you can talk about this she was just talking about the loss, you know, we talked about this, but the loss of your sport, and another member had asked her, like, how do you handle that? Um, And I shared a little bit about, you know, my experience handling it, which was to not handle it and then handle it. Um, But yeah, just reminding, you know, our listeners that it is, you know, reminding again, it's it's so normal to feel that, like, an intense amount of grief over the things that you've lost. Um, and I know, like, Taya as an athlete can speak to that. Nick, I think your life changed pretty heavily, too. Did, yeah.
5: <laughs> but, yeah. Taya?
3: Yeah, and I think with that also, like, we don't really realize how much that affects us because I never really thought about um, how much, like, not being able to like continue sport um would affect me but like um being an athlete was like my entire identity like yeah no wonder why it was hard um and uh I definitely it's still really weird um to think about but um I think it's always Really good. I mean, it's really great to have people that weren't athletes because we have a lot of members who didn't get their concussions, um, from sports or anything, but then, and it's also really good to have people on that were athletes and, um, and like lost their sport and stuff because, uh, just like talking about how they handled it, um, and like, especially someone like the, the member who asked the question about how she dealt with like losing her sport or like she recently made the decision that she would um give up her support um and so having another perspective and like someone to discuss that with I think super important for sure um and also just hearing that like it's still really hard um I think that was comforting for me even um because it like obviously it gets like a little bit easier and like you find new things to replace that with but it's not ever going to just like mean nothing. Um, and it continues to be a struggle of course. Um, and, uh, when she was talking about how like she lived like right across from the field and like, um, all that stuff. I mean, when I, like in second year when I got injured, like I lived right across from like the gym. Um, I lived with teammates um, and, uh, that sucked too. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Um, how much your sport, uh, affects everything. Um,
1: yeah. And she like, she's going into physiotherapy, correct?
3: Yeah. It was, yeah. That was always what she wanted to do. But now since her injury, it's a passion. It's not something she wants to do. Like she's passionate about this. And, like she wants to help, like. Other people, um, the way that she eventually um, got helped from her, yeah.
1: I find like stuff, a so. the nice connection of that is always that like you can somehow still meaningfully be involved in the sport you loved. It won't look the same, and it might not be the same. And the best thing for you might be to to just entirely leave and not think about it. But like, I think for a lot of people, healing comes from still meaningfully being able to contribute. And I think like in the terms of physiotherapy, she will be in that sense. Cause she'll be able to go back and help other players and hear about it and like move forward with her own message of hope and love for the sport in that sense So maybe I'm not on the field but I am on the sidelines like the biggest cheerleader for everyone there
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. or even or even oh my god okay um holy crap, or even if, like, she's not, like, a, a, a physio for, um, like, sports, but just, like, in a clinic, like, outside of sports, like, she may have people come in who are just like her, and she can also just relate to that, and having someone treating you that can relate to what you're going through makes it so much better, like, um, if someone, like, if the person treating you uh, can't relate to any of what you're going through, it, I don't know, it makes it harder, I feel like, and her being able to relate on that level, um, would definitely really help, like, future clients, I'm sure, and, um, and it's great that, like, at the end of the day, like, after all the hard things that she went through, um, that she, uh, has, like, taken from it, like, a positive, and she's become really passionate about, um, wanting to help other people, uh, going through this really difficult thing,
5: I was encouraged by her uh, her ability just to say that, you know, she's figuring out other people are figuring it out and uh, not blaming anybody for her injury or her doctor, not knowing. She tried a lot of treatments, but she didn't really blame anybody for not knowing what to do or just mention that it was a fact that people don't know what to do because still still, rapidly information is coming, but uh, still no one knows exactly. So coordinating stuff is very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. Death <laughs> yeah,
3: definitely. yeah, she wasn't, like, angry yeah. at the practitioners, um, and, yeah, that that's, that's true, a lot of people do kind of, like, um, of course, like, kind of hold, like, some, like, anger and, like, I mean, even, like, the endocrinologist that, like, put her in the ER, like, she yeah. didn't seem, like, angry about what? that, it's just kind of something that happened. Okay. Yeah, and she said she went in and she yelled at one of her. Yeah. Doctors.
4: And yeah. so there's definitely like the anger then, but it seems like she hasn't like sat herself in that justified anger. You know, yeah. she is not just sitting in it forever. Because that, you know, yeah. to inhibit recovery. She's like been able to get a different perspective, which I think, you know, is amazing. Is it- it's like speaking to like letting yourself have your emotions and then you know, realizing that you're probably more important than just being, like, mad at somebody, (laughs) you know, your own sanity. Yeah, I agree.
3: And, I mean, with that, like, she, I mean, she's taking all that and doing something positive with it, too, like, from her experience, she's decided that she's going to go into physical therapy and she's going to help people that have gone through all that stuff, too. Which, yeah, and I mean, like, she was talking about how, like, she's working a full-time job. Um, Like, her life's pretty um, back to normal. Like, she said, like, she's a functioning human being now. She still has problems, of course, um, and things need fine-tuning, but she can watch screen as long as she wants. She can read again. Um, She's going to school in August, and, uh, yeah, she... Things things have uh, really started to look up and are going well.
4: Yeah, it's really inspiring her, like, mindset to keep going, you know? Yeah. Until, you know, not just stopping and being like, oh, this is done. And, you know, she had that that resilience and that drive to keep pushing until she, until she solves the problem. And I think her talking about the holistic, um, the holistic approach is really important, but also, like, reminding, you know, there were times where I got, like, way too in over my head, I feel like, with treatments, like, I want to do this, 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 and it shut me down, so definitely, like, reminding people, you know, to find that balance Mm -hmm. between seeking that, you know, seeking getting multiple treatments done at once and, like, what can you mentally handle right this second, or physically really um, but yeah I just like uh, it was really inspiring
3: yeah it was yeah it was really really good um, anything have an, anything have anything to add anyone have anything to add before we uh, wrap it up well, I think I just really liked it yeah, yeah, I think we're doing
5: I a, think we're doing a was, good like, chat
3: mm-hmm. yeah It was, uh, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed that one for sure.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. All
3: right. So thanks to Nick for helping us do the podcast, and thanks to Jacqueline for joining us. We'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcasts can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple podcasts. You can find more information um, about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our peer-to-peer support group is free and open to everyone, and we hold four weekly meetings on Zoom. book uh, also- club. Uh, I was getting there. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, For Thursday morning speakers, um, so reach out about that too. Uh, we'll be having our first book club meeting uh, this Saturday. Holy crap, that's soon. Hey, this 15th.
5: Saturday,
3: 15th um, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, and uh, it's going to be the ghost of my brain. Uh, This meeting will just be kind of like introduction to book club, but uh, we'd love for you to join. Um, You can find us on Facebook. It's called Virtual Concussion Support Book Club. Um, Thanks, Erin and Emily, for joining, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. HeadCheck Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada who rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. The Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. W